mystery tells the story of the world and of our lives. Sometimes that history goes bump in the night. Broadcasting from the center of oddity and the supernatural in Central Florida, it's the History Goes Bump podcast. Hello, you spooktacular people. Welcome to this 58th episode of the History Goes Bump podcast. Ghost tours for the theater of the mind. I am your host, Diane. And this is Denise. And today we are talking about the Baker Hotel, which can be found in Mineral Wells, Texas. I've never heard of the city, Denise. Have you? That one I have not heard of. Do you know why it's called Mineral Wells? Probably because there's minerals in the wells. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm sure they have minerals in the wells there, but it is because there's a lot of mineral water in the area. And where does water come from? A well. Or aquifer. Is is an aquifer considered a well? No, that's a type of water in a bottle. <laughs> uh, but before we get into talking about the Baker Hotel, I do want to point everybody to our historyghostbump.com website has everything there you could ever want to know about the show, where you can find us on social media, including the brand new Periscope app, which some are people are tonight. watching us as we are doing behind the scenes of this broadcast right now. And you can also find out where you can listen to us on the internet. Our archives are up on the website there. You can also subscribe to the newsletter there. And you can donate to the show if you would like to help us out in that way. We would greatly appreciate it. Denise, if they need to get a hold of us to maybe suggest some future shows or give us some feedback, where can they do that? They can do that at historygoesbump at gmail.com. And as a matter of fact, we did get an email from Stephen who let us know that he has some locations in North Carolina we need to check out, particularly when we go on our little road trip in 2016, Denise. Oh, that is fantastic. I love planning road trips. Yeah, so I'm going to get back with Stephen as well, too, because he's had some personal experiences and heard some personal experiences, and maybe we'll get him on the show to help share some of that with everybody else. You said North Carolina? North Carolina. Oh, that's cool because we already know Charleston for South Carolina, so we're starting to get lots of spooky places. Exactly. We did our drawing and we had a winner. Oh, yes, we did. And our winner was Bob Anderson. So congratulations to Bob. Yes, congratulations, Bob. Your History Goes Bump tea will be in the mail soon. And autographed copy of The Shattering. Which so, is Diane's cool. book, for those yeah. who don't know. like to support the show please visit our patreon page at patreon.com forward slash history goes bump or perhaps you just want to make a one-time donation click the donate button on our website at historygoesbump.com President Zachary Taylor was one of the few American presidents to die in office. He'd been in office for a little over a year when he arrived back at the White House for dinner after a long day of festivities celebrating July 4th in 1850. He was hot and very hungry. He found a nice spread before him and he hungrily ate raw fruits and vegetables like cherries, cucumbers, and corn and drank down some ice-cold milk. 
It was not surprising that later he felt a tad ill, but what started as general stomach discomfort became severe nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea. Fever set in and doctors were called. They gave the president opium for his pain and quinine to reduce his fever. It was to no avail, and President Taylor died. It was always assumed he died of gastroenteritis. Clara Rising, a retired professor, became intrigued by Taylor's death, and she decided to dig deeper. She soon came to believe that President Taylor had been murdered and that the culprit was arsenic poisoning. Back in the 1800s, there was no security at the White House like what we have today. The Civil War was about to erupt, and the country was angry. Taylor was not a fan of slavery, while his vice president, Millard Fillmore, was pro-slavery and would sign a compromise allowing slavery in western states after Taylor's death. This was something Taylor had fought against. The president's body was exhumed in 1991 and tested. Traces of arsenic were found, but not enough to have killed him. The medical examiner did not rule out that some other kind of poisoning could have been used, but the death was ruled natural causes once again. Clara Rising was ridiculed. We may never know for sure what killed the president, but the idea that a theory by one retired professor caused the president to be exhumed and tested certainly is odd. Are you afraid of the dark? This Day in History On this day, July 24th in 1411, the Battle of Harlow was waged in Scotland. This was the Battle of the Clans. A large region of northern Scotland was up for grabs named the Earldom of Ross. One clan was led by Donald, who was the Lord of the Isles, and the other clan was led by the Duke of Albany, Robert Stuart. Donald first marched to Dingwall and captured the Dingwall Castle during the Battle of Dingwall. The Earl of Mar, Alexander Stuart, gathered a force and met the Donald clan in Harlow. July 24th in 1411 was a Friday, and it was the eve of the Feast of St. James. Weapons used by both sides included swords, battle axes, short knives, spears, maces, shields, and bow and arrows. 900 of the Donald men were killed, while the Mar Force lost 500. The battle was fierce and history has nicknamed it the Red Harlow. Historians claim the Battle of Harlow was the hardest fought battle that ever took place on Scottish soil. Most families lost their chiefs and every man in the clan. In the end, neither side was really a winner. The fighting over the area continued for centuries. The History Goes Bump Podcast. Mineral Wells, Texas is most famous for the mineral springs that are there. In the early 1900s, the city became a place for those seeking healing from the curative effects of the mineral springs. To provide lodging for these guests, a hotel was built named for its builder, the Baker Hotel. There are more than just mineral spirits hanging around the Baker Hotel. There are allegedly ghosts in this hotel. Join us as we explore the history and the hauntings of the Baker Hotel. Forty-five miles west of Fort Worth, Texas, lies the city of Mineral Wells. The city is smaller in population and retains the old-fashioned charm of years gone by in its downtown area. The city became known for the mineral springs that are there, and that's why the city was named Mineral Wells. It has long been believed that hot springs and mineral water have healing effects. Long before the white men discovered these healing waters, Native Americans were gathering in these places. 
It was shortly after the stock market crash that led to the Great Depression that T.B. Baker opened the Baker Hotel. Denise, not really a great time to open something. <laughs> I was just about to say, okay, everything just went belly up and everybody's broken doing the things that they were doing because of their desperation. So I think I'll open a fancy hotel. Yes, perhaps this was not the best business decision one could make. And if it was Donald Trump, he would have told him, you are fired. But you know, the Donald has gone bankrupt a few times, so. Yeah, that's how you grow. (laughs) (laughs) You do, you got to fail in order to go forward. Let me just say, I wouldn't mind failing with some of the Donald's money, that's for sure. Theodore Brasher Baker was born in 1875 in the state of Iowa. He moved to Texas and became a hotel tycoon. His Baker Hotel Company would eventually own the Gunter Hotel that we covered in our podcast episode 47. He designed and built several hotels in Texas, including the Baker Hotel in Dallas and the Hotel Texas in Fort Worth, and became one of Hilton's top competitors. He was approached by the citizens of Mineral Wells, and they asked him to design and build a hotel for the city to accommodate tourists and ensure that profits stayed within the city and its shareholders. The Baker Hotel was completed in 1929. Two weeks later, the stock market crashed. The area where the Baker Hotel was built had been the former home of probably a place that you would like to hang out, Denise. The Crazy Hotel. Hey, that's where all the good things are happening. (laughs) That hotel had burned to the ground in 1925. I tell you, a lot of places burned down way back when. The Baker Hotel was lavish and rose to 14 stories and had 450 rooms. The rooms on the 12th floor and above were reserved as apartments, and they all shared the rooftop solarium. The Baker was modeled after Arkansas's Arlington Hotel, and the two shared the same designer, Wyatt Hendrick. The first ever swimming pool at a Texas hotel was here at the Baker. T.B. Baker had made a trip out to California during construction, and he decided that his hotel must have a swimming pool. It was built over the basement at the front of the hotel and was filled with water from the mineral springs. So not only was it the first ever swimming pool at a Texas hotel, but it was probably the only one that was ever filled with mineral springs like that. Right, probably the first mineral springs, because now there's several of them, but that was probably the first. The hotel was built in the Spanish colonial revival style and had two grand ballrooms. A beauty shop, gymnasium, and bowling alley were also added. Most tall buildings were reserved for the big cities, so the Baker Hotel was very unique. The amenities for the hotel were top bill and innovative. Turning the key in the lock of the door caused the fans and lights to automatically turn on and off. Ice water was circulated to all rooms through a hydraulic system. The 1940s brought in air conditioning for the entire hotel. The sky room at the top of the hotel featured the music of big bands, as did the first floor Brazos room. The famous and politicians enjoyed staying at the Baker. The future president, Lyndon Johnson, stayed there, as did Judy Garland, Lawrence Welk, Clark Gable, the Three Stooges, Marlene Dietrich, and some claim Bonnie and Clyde laid their heads here for a rest a night or two. And we do have a couple of links here in the show notes for two articles that feature old pictures that show the current state of the Baker Hotel. This is an abandoned hotel. And these pictures are fabulous. One of the places that has posted these pictures is Slate. And I did post this article over to the Spectacular crew. So those of you who are members there might have already seen that one. And then the other one I didn't post anywhere. So if you want to hit the show notes later on and get a look at what the inside of this building has become, it's kind of depressing to see 
what grand scale it has fallen from, but also, I don't know, I like abandoned buildings and that kind of thing to look at sometimes, Denise. They can make some pretty cool, beautiful type pictures of their own. Well, I know a lot of the kids getting their senior pictures, that was like kind of the place they like to go where it was like a crumbling wall or, you know, a half wall with, with the wood and stuff. A lot of them were getting their pictures taken there. T.B. Baker ran into financial difficulties in 1933. In March of that year, Baker had to write the stockholders to inform them that no dividends would be paid that year so that creditors could get their money. Probably didn't go over very well, huh? Nope. The Baker Hotel Company was sued, and the Gunter Hotel was handed over to different management. The other hotels faced similar fates, but the Mineral Wells Baker Hotel remained with the Baker family. TB seems to have decided to step out of the business spotlight at this point, and he went on to live a quiet life, dying at the ripe old age of 96. His nephew Earl had wanted the hotel business and took back control of the Gunter Hotel. He then went on to grab the rest of the hotel business and spent much time in court fighting with TB's sister. Ownership of the Baker Hotel Company is murky, but it would seem that Earl controlled most of it in the end. The Baker Hotel did well through the Depression, the 30s, and especially during World War II when a military base opened nearby. But by the 50s, the popularity of the hotel was in decline and the appeal of the mineral water had died down. Earl shuttered the hotel in 1963 and eventually suffered a fatal heart attack in the Baker Suite in 1967. Attempts to renovate the hotel are underway, partly funded by the citizens of Mineral Wells. This is going to require many years and nearly $54 million. As of June of this year, $28 million had been collected, including money from foreign investors. The project is moving forward, but very slowly. And the amount of work that needs to be done, this is a massive building. It's the biggest building that's in Mineral Wells, but I think they have. it's a real source of pride for them. And so they instead of just raising the place, they want to try to bring it back to its former glory. Now, I don't know that they're going to attract the clientele to come there. I mean, 450 rooms is a lot of rooms. If you turn it into a convention center, that might work. But they were actually talking about expanding all of the rooms so that it would be down to, I think it was between 120 and 150 rooms from the 450 that it had. So I don't know. One of the problems is during the time when the mineral water started to fall out of favor, you had antibiotics coming onto the scene and a lot of the other medicines. And so people started turning more to conventional medicine rather than therapeutic types of medicine and you know what they should do is look at turning it into a spa because people are starting to turn back towards minerals and holistic health again. Well, and when it was at it, in its heyday, it was a spa. As a matter of fact, some of the old pictures that I saw, have you ever seen those things where the women are in these little tube-like looking things and only their head is sticking up out of it? Oh, yeah. There were pictures of women that were in those. I, I don't know if they were some kind of a steamer or what they were supposed to be for their skin or maybe it was kind of like a sauna, only your head was sticking out of it. I think that's what those were. Yeah, but it, it looks like they're in some, you know, space age <laughs> thing and <laughs> kind of cool. She's become a pod person. No, I haven't. Well, I was talking about the ladies in the pictures. Oh, okay. <laughs> but now I'm beginning to wonder about you too. Why? Because I talked to the camera? Ha <laughs> ha. You know, I read a book once that said, the. you know how you could tell if somebody had become a pod person? How? Apparently pod people put ketchup on everything. Oh, then that's definitely not me because I am not very much a ketchup girl, so... Oh, but you, on the other hand, makes you wonder, could I be a pod person? I don't know. That is for our listeners to decide. Great. We're leaving it up to them. <laughs> Can yep. I bribe them? Is this like going to be a, via no. a vote? No. 
they decided I giggle and they will decide if you are a pod person or not. <laughs> There's a little bit of a difference there, I think. There were many deaths at the hotel and the spirits of these people seemed to continue on at the baker. A woman who enjoyed the scent of lavender, which, well, okay, I've got that in our laundry detergent, but it's not one of my favorite scents. Lavender is the best scent. Committed suicide <laughs> in the hotel. She'd been the mistress of the hotel manager who some claim was Baker himself. And he finally broke things off, admitting that the two would never be together. And so, of course, she was quite distraught. She jumped from the top of the building. The scent of lavender is detected in the hallways on occasion, particularly on the seventh floor. It is believed she had a room on this floor. A night porter saw her apparition for the first time in the 1950s. Maids would find glasses with lipstick on the rims in the woman's former room when no one had been staying in the room. That's always interesting. How do they wear lipstick when they're an apparition? And leave it. And where did she get the glasses? Well, the glasses might be in the room because if it's a usable Oh, room. I guess that's true. I hadn't thought about that. But they could be wine glasses <clears throat> or champagne glasses. They didn't specify. Of course, this was way back when. Nobody's in that room now for sure. Right. One of the assistant managers of the building was named Ronnie Walker. He had several experiences. One evening, he heard the clickety-clack of high hills coming around a corner toward him. He called out the name of the female manager and got no response. The sound of the shoes faded away. He went to see who had made the noise and found no one. When he asked the manager later, she said she had not been in the hotel. Another time, the lights kept tripping on and off on the seventh floor. Ronnie went up to fix the breaker box. He heard something walking towards him, but he could not see anything. He decided to address the spirit out loud and explain that he was trying not to hurt the spirits there, that he just wanted to fix the fuses. There were no more issues with the lights tripping on and off after that. The laundry rooms were in the basement of the hotel. A young man who worked in the hotel invited a buddy to join him down in the laundry room so they could chat up the laundry girls down there. His supervisor caught wind of the fraternization and went down to the laundry to investigate. The young man was given a heads up and he jumped into the elevator quickly. The doors were closing as his friend followed and he was pinned by the closing doors, which killed him. His apparition has been seen near the elevators. And we discussed this on another show, I believe the one where we were talking about the girl who had died in the water tower and the video featuring her in the elevator where the, you know, the doors opening and closing and stuff. And I think there was another podcast we talked about elevator doors too. Maybe this was back during a time where they didn't bounce back open again. I, I just can't imagine somebody being crushed in elevator doors. Well, they wouldn't have had the technology to do that bounce open, so they would have just closed and crushed them. And then when the elevator went, it could actually rip them apart, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that visual. Well, I'm just seeing somebody squished between well, the doors, and you're, like, taking his head well, off as it goes part up. part of them's in the elevator and part of them's not in the elevator, and they're caught, and it moves. I understand, which that would be a horrible way to die, which would, would definitely awful, leave somebody which, behind, maybe. Yeah, which would leave the hauntings or the... That energy, just being a realist. The Brazos Room has also been a scene of unexplained happenings. A group of World War II veterans was enjoying a tour with their wives when suddenly one of the couples stopped in the middle of the Brazos Room and told everyone that they could hear the sounds of dishes being washed. Pretty soon, everybody could hear the tinkling of silverware, clinking of glasses, and clattering of dishes. Then they heard voices and music. Keep in mind that this was an abandoned building. It was as if a time slip had happened. There's the spirit of a little boy here, according to a psychic. 
1933, he and his parents were staying at the hotel while the little boy was undergoing treatment for leukemia. He died there at the hotel. A shaggy dog has accompanied the child ghost at times. Some people claim they've seen a little boy in a wheelchair. Is this the same child? And as we often discuss, is it really a child? Or is it something else? Something else. Or, again, if it's just a tape that's replaying, and if it's residual, then okay. But if it's a an intelligent haunting, I have a hard time believing that it's a child. Exactly, because I think God takes the little ones. A drunk woman tried to jump into the pool from the 12th floor. That did not go well. A cook and a maid had been having an affair at the hotel. They fought, and the maid threatened to out the affair to the cook's wife. He was enraged and grabbed a knife. He stabbed her to death in the pantry. Her spirit has been seen in the dilapidated kitchen. Well, that certainly will get you off the hook with your wife. Yeah, nothing nothing going on over here, honey, except for that I killed the woman I was having an affair with, so not only am I uh, an adulterer, but I'm also a murderer, too. Aren't you glad you're married to me? <laughs> exactly. I'm an upstanding man. Look, I watch enough and listen to enough true crime stuff to know, don't be stupid. You're going to get caught. Yes, you will. So by thinking that you're going to shut her up by stabbing her to death, it's not going to happen. Well, obviously, because we just told the whole world <laughs> on our podcast. Well, not only that, but apparently she's still hanging out, too. Yep. Mr. Baker died in the hotel, and he seems to have stayed on in the afterlife. He lived on the 10th floor and has been seen there several times, and he seems to be joined by a redhead wearing white. So, yes, we have our lady in white yet again. Well, we wouldn't want to let our listeners down now, would we? That's right. This could be the same woman that hangs out on the 7th floor, since there's a little rumor... Or conspiracy there that Baker had a mistress and that she'd killed herself. So it could be a different hotel manager. And T.B. Baker was not the only one who died there. Earl died there as well. So apparently Earl hangs out there too. Many people stayed here in life and now many continue in the afterlife, it would seem. Are disembodied sounds living on in the present or is there some kind of time loop here? Have the emotions of death by murder and suicide caused the spectral essences of some to remain? Is the Baker Hotel haunted? That is for you to decide. wonder how they feel about the whole renovation thing. And if they're going to like the way things they do, if they want it to be renovated. Well, we may have Baker Hotel take two when they start talking about more of the hauntings as they try to build and renovate it. And I believe the ghost adventures have been here in 2012. I think they investigated. So it's something that's been on the radar of paranormal investigators. Something that's on our radar here in the future is our trip to Boston. We are going to be broadcasting on Periscope from different locations. We're going to hit cemeteries and historic locations and haunted locations. And we're doing three ghost tours while we're there. So, And a whale watch. And a, and a whale watch. <laughs> Got to make sure we throw that in. You know, that might be kind of fun for people to watch on Periscope, yes. too. Yeah, so say there's a whale. So we will try to bring as much of that to you as, as we possibly can. I am bringing the recording equipment and everything, so we will be bringing you for sure one show, maybe two. And, of course, they'll be about some kind of locations or something of that nature in the Boston area. Probably, I'm thinking, one of them for sure, something about Salem. Oh, absolutely. Be watching for that. We want to thank you for joining us for this one. I have been your host, Diane. And this has been Denise. You take care now. Bye-bye. Hey, this is Christopher. And this is Joe. From the Curioso Podcast. 
And here at the Curioso, when we want to listen to ghost tours for the theater of the mind, we listen to the History Goes Bump podcast. 